Hello and welcome to What's the Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Izzy LaRue, and here with me are my co-hosts, Aaron O'Dor, Harold Rucker III, and today we have guest Herbert Flight Time Lane. Hey, how you guys doing, man? Thank you guys for having me on today. I really appreciate you taking time to ask me some questions today. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks for being on. Absolutely. All right, let's get started. Uh, what can you tell us about your book, Projects, Popes, and Presidents? Uh, my book, Projects, Popes, and Presidents, it's basically a, a memoir of my life. Um, the reason why I chose that title is because I grew up in a small town in Arkansas in the projects of Brinkley, Arkansas. The street I grew up was called Chicago Street, and it was probably uh, the poorest part of my little town. And uh, I saw a lot of things growing up there, but uh, the things that I saw and experienced turned me into the person who I am today. Um, and Project and Popes goes into the fact that I came from the projects to eventually evolving and to having opportunities to meet people like President Obama, uh, Pope Francis, and even the governor of Arkansas, Bill Clinton, back in the 90s when he was there. So it's just basically a title to uh, kind of let you know where I've been, but in between the lines, it gives you structure, it gives you uh, life lessons um, from some of the things that I experienced, some of the mistakes that I made to uh, just give young people and adults a tool and a, and a mechanism and, and some ideas to, uh, to be able to deal with certain situations and obstacles when they're faced with them, because I've dealt with them. Um, I made some good decisions. I made some bad decisions, but I've learned from every experience. So what do you hope that people get from reading your book? I hope that they don't make the same mistakes that I did. Not the mistakes are bad, but I hope that they will be inspired. I hope that people will be motivated. And, you know, who knows, maybe other people want to want to write books and, and realize that uh, one thing I say about my story is that the only thing that's special about my story is that it's mine you know, and it was easy to write my story because I lived it, you know, I mean, some of the things I had to go back and remember during that time, maybe not were so easy, but um, it was easy for me to write my story because I lived it. I didn't have to do a whole lot of research, you know, so uh, this is kind of what I, what I got from it. And the way that I wrote it is probably the biggest dummy 101 to writing a book that you can imagine. But, you know, when you put your mind to, to something and with all the technology that we have and the resources that we have, you can do anything that you want in this world, believe me, because I'm doing it right now. So what would you say? Okay, so I was going to say, uh, what would you say was your biggest, like, obstacle that you had to overcome? And then what would you say, like, what was your, what was your end goal out of that? Like, what'd you get out of passing that goal? My, biz, my biggest obstacle uh, growing up, I would say it was just, just mentally realizing what I wanted out of life. You know, when I was a, uh, my mom had me at 16 years old. By the time she was 25 years old, she had six of us, you know, so things weren't, weren't easy. I've seen a little bit of, of, of everything, but when it's all said and done, all these experiences, the bad and the good, as I mentioned, they are opportunities for you to, to, to grow. You know, you take these opportunities uh, that sometimes we look at as obstacles. They're actually opportunities to grow and build. Um, it's funny, I was just speaking to one of my friends just the other day, and, and we were talking about trusting people and, you know, don't let people use you. And I said, no, use me, you know, use me. If you can use me and I can help you, then I want to be used, you know. You don't have to look at it like that. Sometimes we tend to hold on things like they're, they're so valuable, but little things we can let go. That's why one of my uh, mottos is kindness is free. What does it cost you to be kind to somebody? Zero. Yeah, you know, you have exactly. all the kindness in the world. You have all the love in the world to give away. It's not monetary like money, but if you give your love and your kindness away in a way that's that you're just rich and you have so much of it to give away, you'll actually begin to get those money monetary things because it's not about you anymore, and you're not worried about what a person will do. You're trying to figure out a way where you can help that person, even a person who may not have treated you the best in the past. You get strength from knowing that you're able to go back and be a better person and even help that person who wronged you. That's really good advice for everyone to see that just because you're at a high place right there doesn't mean that you're helping them. It's like a freebie. You're just wanting to bring everyone up to your level. So That's I really right. like That's that right. you have that type of mentality. I, I would rather be, I would rather be, uh, you know, there's a difference between wealthy and rich. I would rather be rich with my friends than be wealthy by myself. Hmm. Good quote yeah. right there. Good quote right there. I like that. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Yes, sir. What you got, Aaron? Uh, oh, that's, uh, that's Harold. Is that Harold or Aaron? That was Aaron. Aaron. All right, what you got, Aaron? So I think we've all been wondering, but how'd you get the name Flight Time? 
All right, that's a great question, Aaron. And I'm gonna give you, first I'm gonna give you the globe chart answer, and then I'll give you my post globe chart answer, all right? So uh, I won the college slam dunk contest at the final four back in 1998. Uh -huh. At the final four, if you go on YouTube, type in 1998, Slam dunk champion, you'll see me with a little bit more hair up here and not so much here. <laughs> but um, I, I was lucky enough to have a coach, uh, Billy Kennedy, who had uh, faith in me and, and submitted me an opportunity to participate in the college dunk contest, which was quite an honor being that I came from the smallest division one school at that time. And uh, to be able to represent my school and my family and actually come on, on, out on top and uh, get a W for the small schools was, was, was quite an honor. And so when I joined the Globe Trial the year after winning the dunk contest, the owner at the time, his name was uh, Manny Jackson. He was uh, a great owner and a, a, a great person who gave me an opportunity to, to have that platform. But he felt like every time I jumped, he said that I should get frequent flower miles. So he started calling me flight time. That's but sick. as I got toward the end of my career and got close to 40, that began <laughs> to change. So I had to change it up. I would tell people that they would come to the game and they would say, man, they call you flight time, but I didn't see you fly. I said, well, <laughs> they actually call me flight time because I'm always at the airport on time for my flights. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good change up right there. <laughs> hey, sometimes you have to improvise and reinvent yourself, you know? Exactly, yeah. Oh, man. I couldn't change my name to ground time. That's not <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah. The flight has been grounded. <laughs> I'm dead. All right, so how was it being a Globetrotter for 18 years? And it was the best job in the world. You know, it, it, it taught me a lot. You know, it wasn't always, you know, as good as what people may see from the, from the outside. And that's with any, any job or any professional sport. Uh, there's, good and, there's good and bad. But one thing that I realized is that the opportunity that I had was, I mean, unprecedented. I mean, it's even less than one in a million to have an opportunity to play for such an historical team that's been around for so long and has such great history. And, you know, during that time, I had a chance to travel to nearly 90 different countries around the world, Whoa. you know, 90. Oh, wow. I didn't pay for any of those. They paid me. You know, I have friends from all over the world, different race, different sex, different religion. And we all value each other and what we believe in. We care about each other and we know that it doesn't matter, you know, what you need from day to day to get by. If you believe in something and that's what you need to be a good person, then I support you, you know, whether that's being, uh, a Christian or if that's being uh, Jewish or if that being Muslim, it doesn't matter to me. I respect people for what they need to get by on a day-to-day -day basis because it doesn't affect my life, you know? If I can be a positive influence and give them something to go along with what they already have, then, hey, it's a great thing. But it's just a great job because it's, it, it allowed me to see the world, you know? And when it was all said and done, I knew that I still wanted to see the world. And so what I've been doing in my last three years since retirement is connecting and just learning as much as I can and trying to figure out how I can get, you know, some of the things that I've seen along that journey, you know, in Monte Carlo, I see these guys on yachts and I see these people, you know, driving the fancy cars. But again, I've seen that. I want to experience that, but I also want to bring people with me because it's no fun if you do it by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. How often do you me. still see the people that, um, like that you used to play with and stuff? Is that yeah, like well, something you, you see them often? Yeah, well, they had to, of course, shut down the tour, the, the tour due to COVID, but they were recently yeah. in Sacramento, and they had, I think they had three games while they were here. I went to all three of them. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan now, and I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm watching with excitement. And, uh, you know, it, one of the things about when it ended, it ended unexpectedly, but I was able to quickly uh, shift my mind and my way of thinking to realize that, man, I was so lucky to play for 18 years. I held that spot for 18 years, and now there's another young lady or another young man that actually gets to fulfill that spot and get to see the same journey, travel the same path and get to do some of the same exciting things that I was able to do. You know, sometimes when we lose uh, things that we really enjoy, we don't realize uh, the value that we had in them and experience and how important it was because we get, you know, so in our head about making it about us. But, you know, once you're able to realize, man, I took somebody's spot and now somebody else gets to do the same thing. Uh, it's just, a, it's, it's a beautiful feeling. So, I'm grateful for, for that opportunity. It was once in a lifetime and it, it taught me a lot. And now it's, it's allowing me an opportunity to give back and, and grow as a person. And I want to help them just like they helped me. And another thing I'll tell you is like, uh, I talk to a lot of my teammates, you know, and, and as professional athletes, we tend to be disappointed or upset or mad when this beautiful professional 
uh, sport, whatever it is that we played in. But if you think about it, over the course of my life, you know, when I graduated from kindergarten, I was happy, you know. When you graduated into, you know, from eighth grade into high school, you're like, yes, you know, you're excited. And then when you graduate from high school, you're like, oh, my God, I'm a grown man. You're scared, but you're <laughs> excited about the opportunity. When I graduated from college, I was excited. All of these professional athletes have kind of gone along this path. Maybe they didn't all graduate from, from college, but they, they're stepping stones. But as athletes, when we feel like our careers end before they should, we get upset. But some of us have played 18 years longer than we were in college. So why not be excited for the experience that you had and realize that it's just a stepping stone and you get to take all that knowledge that you had and put it all together and make it work for yourself. So be excited when, when an opportunity passes and another one opens up. Good advice, good advice. Thank you. You're welcome. So what was your favorite part about being a globetrotter? Uh, my favorite part was definitely traveling the world. Um, just, yep. just having an opportunity to, to look out into the audience and the stands and see the smiles and kids' faces and one of the things that we realized early is that the reason why the Globe Charters have been able to stick around for so long is because of the connection uh, that they have with, with families over generations. Because the people who bring their kids are the ones who had those memories when they were uh, young kids. And what they want to do is share those same memories, those same laughs uh, that they had. So that's one of the things that's really awesome about it. It brings families together. It connects. And for those couple of hours when you're out on the court and when those uh, families are in the audience, they're not worried about really what's going on in the world. It's a chance for them to take their mind away and, and, and not take things so serious. And what better way to do that than basketball entertainment with uh, the greatest sports basketball entertainment to ever be organized. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, wait, Izzy, uh, yeah. Aaron, do you guys, do you guys remember? I feel like the Globetrotters came to Nimitz one time when we were in no, elementary they did, school. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, no, I swear. I remember that happening. Nimitz. Did yeah. they come in uh, probably somebody came and, and spoke to you guys? You remember who I it was? Think, I don't remember. Did they come and play? I I, no, I think it, they came in like they did like a they just did a whole bunch of tricks. Like it was like yeah. out in front of the stage. It was like a whole bunch of players. I want to say. Yeah, like it was like okay. an assembly for us. And you guys came on here and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. We do. We I mean, over the course of years, they do a lot of. I mean, I don't play with them anymore. I do my own assemblies now. But they definitely, we definitely like to get into uh, schools. I mean, we go to schools, we go to hospitals, wherever we can go and feel like we can put a smile on somebody's face and make a difference. Uh, that's what they do, and that's what I do now, even post Globetrotter career. So even though that career ended, I'm still doing exactly what I was doing uh, during that time, except even more. That's sick. That's sick. Yeah, yeah no, it's just really cool to like be talking to you now after like all that kind of stuff, <laughs> like how all that happened, like all that all those years ago. That's kind of sick. Hey, I'm just up the road, man. I'm in Sacktown. <laughs> yeah, we go up to Sac a lot too. I might see you. Right. Uh, you <laughs> can't drive. I see you got that gold. <laughs> I don't back. have to. I appreciate, yes, you I appreciate you sticking with your team, you know. I, I got to stick to it. Don't jump ship. It. It, it's just, it's just one year. We'll, we'll come back next year. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, who do you think is going to win the NFC East? The NFC East? Is that the, that's what my Cowboys are at, right? Yeah, that's your Cowboys division. <laughs> right well, there, there you go. What else? What more can I say? <laughs> what more can I say? No, you know, you know, <clears throat> I'm in a, I'm kind of in a precarious situation with my Cowboys. I am really a Dak Prescott fan, and I really don't like the way that they mm. are dragging out this situation, especially compared to the way the other guys are already getting contracts. And I've been a Cowboy fan for a long time, and, you know, I am also – I like Andy Dalton, you know, but I kind of feel like that was a, a smack in the face for them to even sign him when he could have gone somewhere else uh, to play. So I'm kind of on the – if Dak doesn't get this deal by, you know, the, the what, July 15th or something like that, then if they mess with this man and make him actually play on the franchise tag this year, I'm probably not going to root for them anymore. I'm going to find another team because I'm a big person on loyalty, and he has been loyal. And he hasn't said a lot, and he deserves everything that's coming to him. So I can't root for a team that's not loyal, you know. So that's just me. Um, actually, uh, getting ready to build a, a house in Tampa, so I'll be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan too. <laughs> <laughs> that team's on the come up. That's a good team to that's, be. A that's fan not of. a bad team. That's, that's not right. a bad team. That's that's right. 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 Yeah. The tickets became available uh, when they released the schedule, and I'm looking like. Yeah, I really better get my hustle on if I want to get some of these $300 yeah. starting. 
They're like Warriors tickets when they were good. Mm. Oh, yeah. Those tickets, like, nobody can get tickets to them. Watch them still go 9-7. and seven. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those tickets are based I think off they have too many, I think they have too many weapons. That's true. No, I, I think they're going to do really good. I actually I think, think the Raiders going to be good next year, too. They're, they're going to be – they're going to be those, right. the Ravens. Those lost the Ravens or the Raiders? The Raiders? Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to be all oh, right. No, no, the Raiders. I don't know Raiders about that. I the got Raiders the Raiders going ten and six next year. Really? Ten yeah. and six? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, I, I don't so you know, think they, they're going to? Why not? I feel San Diego is like, in that division. Denver's yeah. in that division. They're but not that good. They're not that good. Denver was getting better though. They're better I think than, once better I think once Denver three. replaces their quarterback because I don't know I don't have that much faith in Drew Locke personally, but I think the you know they have the pieces around them they have a pretty good defense and their offense is solid and they just drafted Jerry Judy so I think they're pretty good and if Drew Locke can sustain some kind of consistency I think they'll be fine, and then the Chargers the Chargers have a great amount of offensive weapons too and then you know and they their just drafted too. Justin Herbert and their defense so. too. Well, yeah, my the Raiders are gonna have it tough. The Raiders are gonna have it tough. I think they're gonna be okay. I'm not a fan, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, but, um, what do you think about, um, what do you think about CD lamb getting, uh, 88? Are you okay with that as a Cowboy fan? I thought he was going to get number, number 10. Did he decide on 88? No, it's, it's 88. Yeah. Yes. I'm good because I hate my receivers that wear those small numbers. I'm happy. Yeah. 88 works for me. <laughs> I hate my receivers out there wearing like number 10 and number 12. I just feel like those are like quarterback numbers. So give me some eighties, 81, 84, 88. 89, you know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I can rock with that. I have a um I have an OTO jersey around here somewhere when he was with the Cowboys. The popcorn. Yeah, jersey. you know the um Buccaneers receivers, they they were um 12 and 13. Yeah, yeah, they do. So. That's okay. I can rock with them. <laughs> I'm I'm Most... just jumping on I'm just jumping what on that you... bandwagon for location purposes. When you're six five and catch, when you're six five two thirty and catching ten touchdowns a year, I don't think they care about your number. Absolutely. Yeah. And most of these guys, they wore those numbers since like high school, so they can't yeah. even change them. Like yeah, Mike because Gessie. like you know, in, in high school, you may start out as a defensive back and you may get switched over to receiver or running back, and you're like you're attached to that number and you just don't really, you don't want to get rid of it. So, I get it. Oh yeah, did Godwin switch numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for Brady. Yeah, he was going uh, 14. Dang. I think, I think Tom Brady gave him a Rolls Royce for the numbers, what I heard. Oh, yeah. I, I'm joking. I just, <laughs> Take I just, my told number. I just totally made that up. I made that up. It was a Lamborghini. It was a Lamborghini. A Lamborghini. If it was a Lamborghini, I, I'd play for the Browns. Take my number any day of the week. <laughs> All right. Um, do you think the Buccaneers actually do good next season, or do you think they're just it's they're overhyped like the Browns were last season? Well, I was listening to uh, <laughs> listen to uh, Skip and Shannon yesterday, and Skip thinks that they're going to go thirteen and three. Oh, that's a He says they're going to lose the first game and win like nine in a row. I think they'll end up about like eleven and seven or something. It was eleven and six. Yeah, with the new game, yeah, eleven and six. 11-6 and six regular season, I think they're going to win that division, and I think they're probably going to be playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Really? Yeah. You predict them going to the Super Bowl? You don't see – I plan to be there, I, so I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that they're the best team in their division because of the Saints. Yeah, well, if you can get some pass rush up the middle on either one of those teams, you can cause a lot of trouble because neither one of those quarterbacks can move out of the pocket. And guess who has that? San Francisco, let's go. That's why I'm going back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, they do. They do have that. Buccaneers right. are in the NFC, right? What's yeah. that? Oh, uh, yeah, they're definitely not making the Super Bowl. Oh. Just, <laughs> just simple fact, they're the Buccaneers. They're not used to this winning culture. The players, <laughs> players don't oh, know winning. You can't just you can't just expect them to make playoffs and start winning some games. Aaron, Aaron I'm going to give you opportunity right now to jump on the bandwagon. Let's make it a <laughs> right here. No. Live right here, Buccaneers, baby. No, they're not Tampa making the Bay. Super Bowl. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay two-step. <laughs> I give them two good years, Brady retires, and they go back to being garbage. And no Super Bowl in two years? No. Yeah, no, no way. I don't think. Their best chance to win a Super Bowl is this year, but if they don't win it this year, it's not going to happen. I, I can roll with that. 
I can roll. Aaron, with why not? Aaron, why not? Lamar is the coming. Packers and go to the Bucks. Who? Your Packers team. Your Packers team isn't doing that good. Might as well just hop onto the Bucks. I think we can beat the Bucks easily. I mean, what? Yeah, the, you guys the, have more no receivers. I've already looked at the schedule. I know, but and look at this. Look oh. at this. Tampa's, I, not, Tampa's not a bad place to go to unless it's right. I, I look at talent, but it's always crazy that culture always seems to come into play. Have you noticed that most of the times when even if even if a team with a losing culture is good, but a team with a winning culture is, like, decent, it seems like the team with a winning find culture a way. always – Yeah, they, they find always a find a way. You're right. So I don't see them going all the way, Just hey. especially not in the first year. We're coming out well, of COVID. We're coming the out of COVID. There's a new normal happening. <laughs> <laughs> COVID Buccaneers and Cowboys taking over coming out of this COVID. <laughs> I don't know about the Cowboys. I feel like the Eagles are the best team in that division, oh, too. Oh, my goodness. This, all right, man. It was what? nice talking to you guys. Let me go ahead and end this. <laughs> <laughs> so, if they both make it to the NFC Championship, who are you going for? Cowboys. Cowboys are my team. If what they're they? the, hey, if they're in the NFC Championship, I am in a win-win situation because one of my teams will be playing in the Super Bowl. How cool <laughs> is that? True. One of them hasn't That's made true. it there since, what, 1995? Yeah, but. I'm with the Cowboys, though. I got to roll with the Cowboys. That's been my team, you know, since. But, like, I mean, like me living in Sacramento, I never lived in a, a, a town that had an NBA team. So, of course, I jumped on board. I got my buddy healed. I picked out my favorite player. And, oh, yeah. you know, buddy, I got to yeah. go check out a few games. Yeah, Sacramento, they have a nice stadium. I went there once. I really like the stadium. So, it's one of the better stadiums in the country. Just yeah, so we get this out. Definitely better than that old um, the, the old uh, Arco that, that sits pretty close to where I live at right now. <laughs> out in the middle I'm of the 10 minutes away from Oracle. I, I like that stadium. It was a nice stadium. Oracle or Stadium. Oracle was so much fun to play in as a globe charter, man. Um, it was one of our – the play in Oracle and, and when it would, would be packed, it was one of our favorite places to play in because of the way that it was built, I feel like it was kind of not small but compact. And the people that would come to the games in Oakland would just always be so rowdy and so excited. And that's, that's one thing that all my teammates always talk about playing in, in, in Oakland at the Oracle. Yeah, those fans, they, they always show up for their teams right there. They show what's up your, and they uh, go out during an autograph session. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your favorite fan experience? Uh, my favorite fan experience, it probably happened after the first season that I did Amazing Race back in 2009 or 2010. Um, our new president at the time when we switched, uh, switched companies in 2007, his name is Kirk Snyder, and his vision was to create – Globe Trotter stars off the court like they had back in the day, you know, with Curly Neal, Melark Lemon. You guys may not remember them, but he had a vision that he wanted us to be recognized off the court just like those guys were. So uh, I remember very vividly myself, Big Easy, we were headed down to Minneapolis uh, to be grand marshals of their Christmas parade. And I remember walking through the airport. And it was the first time I'm just in regular street clothes and Big Easy and I, this young lady, she came up to us like in a frantic in a panic, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Flight time and Big Easy. Oh, my God. I love you guys. I mean, it was to the point to where it made me feel uncomfortable because I hadn't really experienced that other than signing autographs behind the rope. And the only thing I could say was, please don't cry. Please don't do this. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, this is, this is Kirk Snyder's vision actually coming, you know, coming to pass. So uh, that was – I mean, I've had so many, but that was one of them that stands out. So what do you think that, about that Young's, um, Young Kings core? The what now? Uh, uh, the Kings Young team. Buddy oh, Hill, De'Aaron well, Fox. Well, I mean, I think they have a good foundation. Uh, you know, I was hoping this year at least eight seed in the playoffs, but that's kind of been the hope the past couple years. And who knows? You know, who knows? I don't know what's going on with the, with the season starting up. I was just reading something about Kevin Love and talking about his his experience of finally being able to uh, get back in the facilities, but uh, the Kings, they have a good young nucleus. You know, it's just a matter of continuing to draft well, which hasn't been something that I guess we've been known to do over the years. We've had some some really good players, you know, pass by. Luka Doncic, you didn't hear me say that, but um, yeah, so <laughs> <clears throat> who knows? Eight seed, hopefully, I mean, all things got to turn around at some point. Can't go forever without making the playoffs, or maybe you can. 
Yeah, well, I agree with him. The the young core is good, but the problem with Sacramento is they, Sacramento could literally be the best team in the NBA, but the simple fact that it's Sacramento, a superstar won't go there just because it's Sacramento. That's they why you have to draft well. That's why you have to draft well. Yeah. True. You have to draft well and hope you can get all you can out of that first five years. But, I mean, Sacramento is a great town. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it trips me out that people get so – enthralled and oh it's sacramento oh it's la oh it's miami let me tell you something man i've been to 90 some country around the world i've been to pretty much every major city i heard people in new york complain about new york get tired of new york i heard people <laughs> in miami complain about miami i heard people in la complain about la it's not about that it's about it's about where you're at who you surround yourself with a city doesn't define you you go and make that city you make the most out of it so these guys who are uh, and I think it's kind of changing to where, you know, you think, oh, I have to be in a major market to, you know, maximize my, my monetary value or potential when that's not the case with the way social media is and the way, you know, media works in general these days. But Sacramento is a great place. It's a great location. It sits right in the middle of San Francisco. It's an hour and a half from uh, you can be skiing up in Tahoe. You're two hours from Reno. You're an hour from Napa. So those guys who don't want to come to, to Sacramento, hey. They can stay in Oklahoma City. Nothing against Oklahoma City. It's a place <laughs> Man, there's, there's, there's greatness in everywhere that you go. There's greatness in everywhere that you go. I love Oklahoma City just as much as I love Sacramento. So that's just something that people have put out. I mean, the, the Stephen A. Smith's like, oh, it's there, there, nobody wants to go to Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. I bet he's had some good times in Sacramento, but you can't be close-minded <laughs> like that. You know, I don't, I don't want to go to, uh, uh, I don't want to be up in Seattle. I don't want to go up in Minneapolis. It's cold up there in the winter. There's some really nice people up there in Minneapolis. You can have a good time in Minneapolis. Trust me. So Sacramento is a great place. It's one of the the, the best cities I've been to, and I've been to a lot. Yeah, Aaron's a Kings fan too, so you're our first guest as a Kings fan. And right on. <laughs> Aaron, let me know. We go to a game uh, when we get kicked back up. I was actually at the game that got canceled that night, the last game. Oh, uh, really? You were at that game? Yeah, it's my ticket right here. I was sitting in my seat. I just purchased my $13 beer and my $20 chicken plate. <laughs> $33 in and a ticket, and I sat down, and they were like, mm-hmm, not happening today. So I politely took my sandwich and my – my beer and I walked out of the arena and I went into quarantine for about three weeks straight without even going to the store. Cause I knew it was real then. How was the feeling like when all, when all that was happening in the stadium, like what was the feeling in the stadium? For me, I was, I was disappointed. I was disappointed not that the game was canceled. I was disappointed at the way that the people around me were responding to it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like they didn't, my immediate response was that, yeah, this is serious. But these people, and that's the way we tend to think, and that's something I talk to people about, about mindset. We tend to almost already think about, oh, well, this is messed up. The world is set up against me. I want my money back. Oh, you guys can play. But not thinking about that there's actually humans out there just like you. And my mindset is that, man, yeah, this is real. We need to go home now and sit down and be safe and figure out how we're going to get past that. But I remember walking out, there's people, like, lined up outside the – ticket window at demanding refunds and it's just it's sad it's sad that we can't get out of our heads for a second to realize that it's not about us it's about the world and the betterment of the world and it can't be about you in that moment so instead of being negative you have to shift and try to figure out instead of dang they canceled the game what can i do to try to help encourage somebody or motivate somebody in getting through this process so i was disappointed uh, when did you find out that it was um, they shut it down because of the whole Rudy Gobert situation? When did yeah, you because, find? So for me, I was at home watching. I was watching uh, the Mavericks game. It was on uh, TNT, and I yeah. think the people in Sacramento were super excited because Sacramento had not had a primetime game in forever. And I think that they probably would have canceled it before then if it had not been for the fact that it was going to be the first uh, TNT game in probably I think a decade. Um, so, I mean. They had to do what they had to do. You know, I, yeah. I take no, no offense to it. It's a, it's a situation that we, you know, we're still learning about. It. And anybody who says that they're educated about it or they, there's no history. There's only right now, there is only, you know, there's people that are just 
making up whatever they want about it, I think. You know, there's only a certain amount of research to it, so there's no real expert on it because we're, the history of it is happening now. And until I know that there's a, a, you know, a vaccine or a solution or something, I'll continue to try to be as safe as I can. If I go outside, I'm masked up because it's not about me. I, I don't want to give that to somebody else if I, you know, if I got it, like an older person. It's not about me. I, I'm in a pretty good shape. Yeah, it could kill me, but at the same time, I'm going to do everything I can to try to make sure that I don't give it to someone else who may not be as strong as I am. So that's the unselfish exactly. part of it. Like there's some people who are like, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. Why? It's not going to hurt you to put a mask on to go into, you know, Home Depot or Walmart for 10 minutes and take it off. You know, you got right, these yeah. people, oh, you're breathing in your own. Look, it's proven that this thing is airborne. So if you have it covered up, chances are, you're not going to get it, and chances are it's limiting the opportunity for you to give it to someone else, the older person who may not have the strong immune system like you. So I just want people to become a little bit more unselfish and stop thinking about themselves. You know, everybody is conspiracy theorists and this and that. There are so many things that people take on in their brain and in their body and their soul that they have no control of, and it just takes up space inside of your, your body, and it, 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 it takes away from you being able to give to others. So you have to open up your heart, you know, f let that negative stuff go, and just open it up for trying to figure out how to make the world a better place. Exactly. So uh, what do you think about what the NBA has been trying to do? Because I know there's been talks of they might open practice facilities soon for individual players and that the season might start up in June or they, the new season might start in December. So what do you think about all of that? Um. I think whatever it takes, whatever it takes to make sure that guys are safe and healthy. I'm even okay with, uh, you know, starting back out with no fans in the, in the arenas, you know, or a limited number of fans uh, for now. Of course, we want to get the fans back in there, but I'm okay with that. I just want to watch some basketball on TV. I want to get the, the season on, crown a champion, and get back to normal as soon as we can. And it may not be a bad thing for basketball to start in December after the, you know, the bulk of football season, because, you know, a lot of times during the summer, I guess, nothing against baseball. I like baseball, but I don't watch it nearly as much as I'm watching the playoffs. I mean, if you took the NBA deeper into the summer, it would give you, you know, a little bit more of something to watch during the summer, which I think is what the big three was trying to do and what the XFL was uh, trying to do as well. Give us something to look at when those major professional leagues are done. Yeah. Um, I'll go, go Aaron. Uh, about the no fans, do you think that uh, people will see if, – if they do continue with no fans and the uh, team wins the championship, do you think the people will see this as like a fake championship or like a championship that wasn't really like – because a lot of people consider the fans like playing in an arena with fans is like 50% of the team or like 20% of the team or something? Well, I'll tell you this. I have ideas for that, and I'm sure somebody's already thought about them. So I'm not going to really talk about it, but there's ways around it. We see with what we're doing right here that anything is possible. And if you think if you think hard enough and you think deep and creative, you'll figure out a way to where they can make it work as well. And I'll leave you with that. Just think about it. Think about what you – there's going to be no fans in there. Think about what you could do to try to get fans in there. Exactly. Not yeah. get them in there, but think about what you could do, what you could create to get fans in there. And if you think of them – uh, Israel, you give him my information and you let me know. I'll see if you come up with what I have. I will. I will. If, it, I'll, if I'll, it's I'll good, it. if I think it's good, we can talk about it. All right. <laughs> yeah, but actually yesterday, um, Adam Silver actually came out that he was telling the NBPA to get ready for no fans next season, like most of next season. So that was like a big shocker right there. I'm not believing that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's maybe, but I, that's something like that. that I don't, I don't see that happen. I think that, you know, these leagues, of course, it's all about, it's, it's really about money, but hopefully, you know, it's also about safety as well, but I just don't see it going on that long. I mean, that's, you see the NFL release the schedule. Um, and I saw something where the Miami Dolphins have already started a type of some kind of systems where they're trying to figure out how to get fans in, maybe not the full 60 or 70,000, but about 35,000 safely into an arena. And that's this year. So I don't see how next year they will go into not having fans. But I did read something where about the Big East is probably they're looking at maybe not even having sports this season. Oh, which, wow. Which is something that's interesting uh, that I read about. Read that flashed across the screen on my phone. 
Yeah, I know in uh, Eugene, they're not letting um, fans in for the throughout September. So um, there's a big game that the Oregon's going to play Ohio State, and there's going to be, like, no fans there. So You want to be there for that, right? You got to yeah, report that. Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a no, slaughter. You, you don't want to be there for that. You don't want to be there for that. <laughs> you don't. 59 is you're lucky. You're lucky to hold the fans. <laughs> you want hey, where you got Aaron, are you guys in school, Aaron? Yep. Where you guys go? I go to Dienza College. Okay. What about you, Harold? I go to Homestead right now, so I'm. But I'm about to go to Dienza for a couple of years to, and then I can transfer. And where is that at? Dienza. Oh, uh, Dienza. It's, it's at. Dienza. Oh yeah, you got it. You go there. <laughs> Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale, California. Okay. All right. Well, Cupertino. Yeah, in Cupertino. Cool. Good deal. Down the street from all of the Apple headquarters. I have a question for you guys. So. How you were saying they open it up and like let in thirty five thousand? If they were to give you a ticket, would you go? Like honestly? Yeah. In September, October? Yeah, I would. I, I mean, if if they told me I could go and I wear gloves and mask, I would go. If they get, yeah, absolutely. I went to the Olympics in two thousand sixteen when they were talking about Zika, and it's not that I don't take it serious, but if you tell me that I can do some things to that'll eliminate the chances, I mean, of course, one of them actually not going. But if you tell me I can put some gloves on and put a mask on and wash my hands and go and enjoy something that I really enjoy, why not? Yeah, I think that would pretty be cool. Like, see half of the stadium, everyone's sparsed out and everything. Like, the fans will still be there, but won't be everyone, but at least some people will be able to get to go to those games. But if you think about it, I mean, this is, this is an unprecedented time. I mean, you guys have had, are having the longest summer break ever. As freshman, right? <laughs> and, and one of my friends, she was talking about her daughter and how bummed out she was about her birthday and not being able to go out and celebrate. And see, the way I think is automatically, let's switch that around. So I'm 43 years old. I don't remember a whole bunch of my birthdays, right? I remember when I was five years old, I started kindergarten. I remember on Amazing Race, on my birthday, we won first place one time. Um, like, I don't remember a lot of my birthdays. I mean, honestly, I don't. Anybody who had a birthday during this time, they're going to remember exactly where they were and exactly what they were or were not doing, which is, you know, probably not celebrating their birthday. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool if you think about it. Like, I remember exactly cool. where I was when I celebrated my 19th birthday. It was COVID. I was sitting at home connecting with my family and friends. I was doing Zoom calls and just becoming a better person. Like, turn it around. Look at it like that. Nobody's ever – this probably will never yeah. happen again in your life. I, I hope not. Right? Think about it like that. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting I at home. My birthday, I was talking yeah. to Aaron. I was talking to Harold. We were connecting. We've never <laughs> seen each other. But now we get to see each other when it's all over with. This probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Look at, what's, look at what's happening because of it. And then you continue to think like that and try to figure out what else you can create on the outside of this that you come out on the other side flexing. No, but that's actually very true because I started this podcast because of me being not doing anything like because at school, I would cover basketball games, tennis games, football games. That would be all my time. But now, like, with online classes, and with literally nothing else to do, I was like, why not start a podcast? Why not start with my friends? We talk about sports all the time. So I should get that out, and then we'll have guests on the show. So all of this is because of the COVID-19 and, like, me connecting with you on LinkedIn and everything. It's all because of COVID. And now, like, this can, like, potentially take off and, like, now I have something to do throughout college, too. So I, I'm really appreciative about having all this extra time to focus on my craft. And, and Izzy, uh, another thing, good thing that you're on that LinkedIn. And I encourage a lot of young people to start getting on LinkedIn because that's where business is happening. You know, yeah. Facebook is cool. Instagram, all that's cool. You can market and whatnot. But if you're trying to make something happen in your life, the people that are on LinkedIn are business minded people who are looking to make transactions in the world. And for me, my LinkedIn, I hired people to make my LinkedIn an all-star LinkedIn. And as a result yeah. of that, as a result of that, I'm getting connected. You know, I invested in myself. There are so many people that, you know, you go out and buy $250 pair of Jordans, two or three pair of them, that's $800. Pay $500 for a LinkedIn subscription for a year and see what happens. And update yeah. your profile. You paid to buy a whole bunch of Jordans. You know, so buy those Jordans with LinkedIn first and then invest and get connected and let people know what you're up to. And then you can have pretty much whatever you want. I've connected with people that I have had no business talking to on LinkedIn during this. Yeah, same, well, same. I do have business talking to them because they want to talk. So look at it like that. You have to invest in yourself because nobody's going to work harder for you 
and your dream and your vision than yourself. And that's what I learned for the Globe Trials. I worked hard for them for 18 years. And it took me about a year to realize that, wow, now I get to do it for myself and I get to do it even harder than I did it for them. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the NBA again. So barring like at the end of the season, like in February, March, who do you think was the best team at that time? Lakers. I think the Lakers were. But I, I love the Clippers. Though. I love the toughness of that team. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly and, of course, uh, Mr. Leonard himself. And, I mean, the defense that they can put out on the court with, you know, Paul George. And then you got Montrez Harris in there being a bully in the middle. Yeah. I just think they're a really, really, really tough, you know. It just depends on if the Lakers, what kind of game that the – I think that the officials will let it turn into. If it turns into, like, a physical street game, then the Clippers are going to take them down because they got those kind of guys. But if they – if the referees or, you know, the officials are, you know, finesse and – you know, kind of leaning toward the Lakers, then, yeah, they will they'll they would beat the Sixers. I mean, not the Sixers, the Clippers in about six games. They don't want to go to seven. <laughs> it's a seven-game series. I think the Clippers will win because they're going to do too, everything yeah. that they can. They're going to pull out every stop, believe me. And they got those guys that will do it. Just think about it. <laughs> yeah, nah, the the I agree. I agree, but I think with – I, you can never count out LeBron. That's what I realized, seven, especially as a Warriors you. fan. You can never <laughs> count out LeBron. So I'm I'm not going to bet against LeBron, especially if he's not playing against a team with four All-Stars. All right. I feel you. I like it. I was, happy, I was happy Cleveland won that year. I was happy to win the Warriors first one. I like to see new teams win, honestly. Yeah, but we saw last year what the Clippers did to the Warriors. Took us to six games. I was at that game, too, where they came back down 30, and I was just watching the game. I was like, how did this happen? But it's just because of their tenacity, their toughness of Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, all those Lou Wills, like all those bench players that people aren't really thinking of, and they come to play every day. And hey. now that they have superstars, it's even better for them. How about how about uh, each LA team getting one of the Moore twins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. Hey, check this out, though. Wouldn't it be cool if they decided to switch jerseys one night? Say, hey, dog, you go ahead and play for them Lakers tonight. I'm going to see what the Clippers is about. <laughs> and the thing is, no one would know either because they have the same tattoos and the same The spots. same no tattoos. I mean, one of them's a little bit bigger, but, like, you would really mm -hmm. have to be, like, as a fan, you wouldn't know. As a person yeah. who played on the team, you'd be like, no, you ain't, you ain't who you are. <laughs> You're the other one. You're the other one. <laughs> that would be funny to see an actual playoff game, seeing them switch. Or, or or if they both just decide to run out there one day with the same jerseys on, like both of them run out there with the Clippers, like, oh, no, something's not right about it. <laughs> <laughs> same number and everything. They got drafted back to back, too. They did? Yeah. That's it. Back to back picks. Yeah. Who do they get drafted to? Uh, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Teams that you don't want to go to. Let's they both went to Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix is a great city. Trust me. A lot of professional athletes. <laughs> not, according to, not according to Charles Barkley. <laughs> Charles Barkley lived there. Charles Barkley lived there. <laughs> Charles Barkley lives in Phoenix. Apparently, though. Did you know that? He no. does? Yeah. I did not know that. Did you hear him talking about the Phoenix? He was talking about, like, they got stale Stale chips. <laughs> Hey. Dirty water. <laughs> Ask him why he why he's lived there. Donovan McNabb, uh, Mike the Wil, Wilburn, the guy who does uh, pardon. There's a lot of people that live in Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, these are great places to live. So I'm gonna tell you guys, don't believe everything that you hear. Go out and experience it for yourself. And I I learned that when I first started to travel with the Globe Charters, like about the fake news and stuff. Even 20 years ago, when I came back, I would say, don't believe everything you see on TV. You know, you're not always getting the right the story that you think that you are. You know, you need to get some different television prescriptions, get some uh, some Al Jazeera and some Alibaba TV and stuff. If you really want to see what's going on in the world and get a different uh, outlook. And that's what I like to do. I like to watch Sky News. I like to watch BBC to see what they're saying about us and see what we're saying about them and see how those stories line up. So yeah. don't believe everything that people tell you, especially if it's negative. You go out there and you try to figure out for yourself and you form your own opinion. So um, I know you've been on a couple of TV shows. You talk about the Amazing Race, and then 
last night I saw that um, on your Instagram story you posted about kicking it and how um, you and another Globe Trotter was a guest on there. So what other TV shows have you been on and which one was your favorite one to be on? I mean, during the course of my 18-year career, I was on Jay Leno's show. I've done Good Morning America several times. The Today Show, I was on, of course, Disney's Kicking It. I was a, a guest judge on Cupcake Wars. I did three seasons of The Amazing Race, uh, Hell's Kitchen, um, done several commercials, Burger King, Continental Airlines. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff. I can't even remember some of it. It's, I mean, it's been... More than a dream come true to be able to do these things, if I'm being, you know, just being completely honest with you. And I've pretty much been to every major local news network station in the United States of America. And just a small kid from Arkansas, the youngest, you know, the oldest of six kids, I could have never imagined these things. But now that I see them, yeah, I can imagine them. And I know that they're possible. And these things are possible not only for me, but they're impossible for you. They're possible for you as well. Aaron, I know you're a big Kicking It fan. Do you remember that episode? That's what I was actually going to say. I don't. I watched, <laughs> I used to watch Disney like, I don't even know, Damn. like 10 years ago. And I, I, think it's, I think it's, well, I think it's season five, episode four or something like that. Eddie, Eddie Cry's uncle. He, so he was, he was, uh, they were trying to raise, raise money for a fundraiser for the basketball team or something. And mm-hmm. he claimed that Big Easy from the Globe Trials was his uncle. And he didn't even know Big Easy. So he, when he claimed that, all the guys expected that he's going to call and get Big Easy to come in and, you know, help them raise money. But he had to figure out a way to actually do that because he didn't know him. And we ended up showing up. It was a pretty cool ex- ex- episode. And the funny thing about that is I had done, done Amazing Race three times. But when I did Kicking It and we were going to schools, all the kids knew Kicking It. Oh, you were on Kicking It. You were on Kicking It. I was like, all right, yeah. I was on Amazing Race, but now I was on Kicking It. Yeah. Do you know if this – I'm going to guess this was the episode after uh, that the one girl left. What was her name? Olivia Halt or something? She was on that episode. Oh, she was? Yeah. Man, I need to go back and watch season five. Yeah, yeah she was on there. She was on there. I met all of them in the dojo. <laughs> Can I they actually fight show. or no? Pardon? Can they actually fight or no? Can they actually fight? I think uh-huh. they actually take, you know, take lessons, but I don't think they could probably break a piece of cardboard. <laughs> a real piece of cardboard. <laughs> no, I'm joking, man. Those kids were awesome, man. We we got a chance to hang out all day. We took a lot of cool photos. We had uh, uh, Lonnie, Lonnie Love. She was on there as the cafeteria. And uh, the person who had a, a, a crush on Big Easy. <laughs> So, I mean, she's always a lot of fun anyway. She's done a few things with the Globe Charters. All right, Herb, do you have anything that you want to say to anyone listening to this podcast about their life goals or anything like that? Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, this is this is unprecedented times that we're living in. And you can either sit down and feel sorry for yourself. You can, you know, think that all the cards are stacked against you or you can figure out a way to to come out on top and like I told you guys it's it's about believing in yourself it's about investing in yourself and realizing that anything is possible you know you get to connect with anybody who you want to you guys are sitting at home right now and you guys are making stuff happen and I encourage you guys to get as many people as you can on your podcast do not be afraid to slide in people's direct messages because I've been in professional athletes locker rooms or professional locker rooms and they're reading it they're reading it. if yeah. you're consistent and you're persistent and you're kind, eventually you'll be able to get what you want. But don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want because it's possible. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just a, a positive person. I'm, I want to give back. I have so many amazing things going on, but none of these things started to happen until I begin to focus out and I make my dreams about me. I begin to make them about everybody else that I get to help along the way. So for you guys who have your dreams and goals, when you're thinking about these things, don't just think about yourself. Think about the people that you get to help when you accomplish these things. And when you think like that and you're not making it about yourself, watch and see what happens. But um, I do want to, you know, just say everybody, you know, give me a follow on Instagram. I'm on all the social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, you know, Twitter, Snapchat. Uh, actually also have um, my brand Swagball. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Swagball SB on Instagram. It's uh, officially about to be trademarked. It's something I want to put out as a positive brand who 
uh, promotes kindness through not just sport, but just through living life. You know, we want to host speaking events, basketball clinics, and we'll have merchandise out. It's just a, it's, it's going to be the new normal, the new normal, you know. This is the brand that's going to come out of COVID-2020 uh, COVID and, and, and change this world for better. So swag ball, you guys check it out. We got some real good merchandise coming soon. Getting ready to check out a, uh, create a Shopify store and just create. And, and I thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to be on here. And if I can do anything for you guys moving forward down the road, please, please, please uh, do what Izzy did. Reach out to me and I will do everything in my power to accommodate you guys. And I want you guys to take that same mentality moving forward with your lives. Figure out how many people that you get to help along the way and realize how many people that don't benefit when you're not playing all out, when you're playing small, when you're playing scared. Dream big and let those other people dream with you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I have one more question. Let's go. You said you met the Pope? Yeah, the Pope met me. How, how, was, <laughs> how, do you, how does that even happen? Like, how do you get to meet the Pope? Or like, how... Oh, yeah, it's all you guys right there. There's Obama. Whoa. Dang. There's me uh, winning the college dunk contest in 98. Kings, Hall of Fame sitting there. So, yeah, man, I've been blessed. I, actually, the only person ever to spin a basketball on the Pope's finger. That's me having a laugh with the Pope. So, anything's possible, guys. This is my celebration room. This is, you know, where I get to sit and, and, and look at all accomplishments that I've accomplished and all the things I accomplished during that time. But one of the things I talk about when I go into schools, my, my trophies now are when I get the emails and the direct messages from those students who I just finished talking to and them letting me know that I had a positive impact on, you know, their lives for whatever I said during that time that I spoke. So that's what it's all about, guys, helping people along the way. And Always remember, kindness is free. Exactly. That's what I want you to take away, if nothing else. Always remember, kindness is free. Don't cost you nothing. So give it away. Give it away and smile and realize how it makes you feel inside when you know you've done something good for somebody. All right, well, thanks for being on the show, Herb. This has been another episode of What's the Scarter Butt? Make sure to catch next episode next Tuesday. And this has been us.